Good evening, everybody. Matt DiMarinas here from Light and Blue Review. One more time, round three. Uh, Johnny Atower from the Omaha World Herald back at you to dissect um, a basketball game, we think. Uh, Creighton won 51-44 to over Kennesaw State. Shooting percentages are unsightly, but I feel like we still watched a well-played basketball game. Maybe, that, maybe that's too hot of a take, but like I just feel like shot making is really fickle, and I'm not gonna hold it like the entire game against both teams just because some shots didn't go in. Like I thought both teams played really hard, um, and defensively they didn't give up like easy stuff a lot. Like, it's I actually, just, I just think I just think the shots, the shot making got a little mental for these teams, and then neither of them were confident. At some point, like, they just lost their confidence. But I feel like it was a hard-fought game, and I just, as they uh, roll by in like, what, industrial equipment. I was like, driving the a freaking car through the, looks like. You should have heard uh, what, the nav center noise? last night. It sounded like there was a T-Rex behind us the whole time we were, like. Why don't right. you just talk for a second? I'm going to go shut the door. Okay. Uh, yeah, Creighton won by seven. Neither uh, Both teams combined four for 38 from three. Yes, that's four for 38. Um. 0 for 15 between the two of them in the second half. Yeah, if this if you're a fan of shot making and offense and big numbers and everything that game one was, um, even in its chaotic moments, tonight was not your night, unfortunately. But there's still some there's still 40 minutes of basketball for us to break down, so let's do it. Uh, you know, I know you. I, I let you go first a lot, and I'm sure you're gonna look at me like, why do I have to go first tonight? But it's you're the guest. I'm. I have manners. Yeah. So fire away on your takes for this one. Well, it's actually interesting because your your point about both teams locking in defensively. I mean, you know, Kennesaw State. Now they packed it in a little bit because they yeah. they, they, they were, were kinda, daring, they were daring Creighton shoot three yeah. at some point. Yep. At, at, and so, but yeah, Creighton didn't have a lot of. They really had to work to get some good looks, some high percentage looks, and credit the Jays because in the second half they did. Like, I feel like all their points were in the paint. I don't. <laughs> Paint or free throw line. That's what it felt like yeah. in the second half. Like a lot of layups and drives and dishes and then some dunks. They had to work for that um, because obviously, like you said, the shots were falling. Then on the other end, Creighton defensively. I mean, man, they really brought it. Um, they stuck to the game plan and made all of Rogers' looks tough. And he's a guy. He's been. He was their top scorer com- coming back from last year. And mm-hmm. um, he was three for sixteen of the night. They didn't give up many looks to Youngblood, who is like their best three-point shooter i would say yeah um at least not many looks from distance you know he he uh um so that was that's yeah a i mean the, two, the, the, the three guys you kind of like circled for uh creighton tonight to have to worry about um were seven for 38 yeah for kansas state yeah, in your in your uh, preview, in you my preview. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I forgot to bring up Burden. <coughs> right, Burden was one. The other one. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean the big thing is he only shot fourth free throws. Yeah. Because he drew like yeah. fifteen fouls against Iowa State two nights ago, and Craig did a good job of you know he they sent him to the line a couple times, but they did a pretty good job of not um, you know maybe overcommitting and forcing him to make a shot over top of an outstretched hand. So I feel like they stuck to the game plan well, but. You know, like you said, the shots just weren't falling, and so you kind of it was like a war of attrition. Who could, who could grind it out better? And give credit to Kennesaw State because, like, 
in the second half, like down the stretch, maybe five minutes ago, I thought that they it looked like they wanted it a little bit more, you know, with the way that they were crashing the glass and um, just sort of willing to give up something in transition in order to take a risk on that glass. Yeah, mm-hmm. hanging hanging around. They obviously they had that possession. That possession where maybe that possession is what sums up the night where Kennesaw State got four offensive boards. Creighton didn't give in because Creighton still made it tough on them, mm-hmm. so guarded, but yet, you know, Kennesaw State eventually did score. And so, like, you credit both teams. You credit Creighton's resolve, but you also credit <laughs> Kennesaw State's tenacity. And so that was kind of the theme of the night. Kennesaw State kept coming, but ultimately uh, Creighton made a big shot by Hawkins at the end and, and the free throws by Nemhard put it away. So. Yeah, you're going to have to, like, play uh... – I might make you just be my psychologist for the year because you're going to have to assess why, am I, why I'm looking for positive moments too much. Maybe it's just because I'm happy to be back in the arena after not being there for a whole year. It could be a part of it. So I'm introducing it to you to assess um, freely at your own leisure. But I, the thing that I'm taking away from this from a positive standpoint, the reason I'm kind of like, you know, kind of like, all right, good job, Creighton, was because they shot one for 19 from three. Yeah. And it's a... It's not just a young team. It's an inexperienced team. You know what I mean? Even Because even the experienced guys, I keep saying it, even the experienced guys in this team are not experienced at Creighton and what Creighton does and just, like, how they operate. And even on the nuances part, the part of it where it's, like, you know, the, the game within the game, like, positioning and all that. They shot one for 19 from three, had 14 turnovers, only eight assists, and they just, like, did not let that creep into the other side of the floor. And I just can't help but be impressed by that because I would understand if it did. I would totally understand if it did. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, just, it just, they just never bent on that side of the floor. They, they, they State, stayed locked in. Kennesaw State missed his first 14 shots to open the second half, and it felt like a lot of – I mean, they were all tough. Yeah. You know, they were just contested shots. It was hard for the Owls to get a good look, and that continued for a good majority of the uh, of the second half. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's – it's commendable, um, and Greg McDermott was extremely proud of his team for that fact. I mean, I think he's – I was surprised. I, that's the one thing that surprised me. I was surprised he um, took that route. Well, I thought, I, I, thought, I, thought there were, I thought I thought he would take two, a two-game sample now and, and try to highlight some more of the shortcomings. But, um, yeah, he kind of echoed what I was thinking the whole time. So I was, he caught me off guard by that. I, I mean, he's – they, they're going to be positive with this group, man. So you, yeah, so, so you weren't a little, you weren't a little bit surprised that they took that maybe approach after Kennesaw State, maybe a little bit. But he's also been a part of teams here at Creighton that when the shots aren't falling, that yeah, everything yeah. else falls apart. True. You know what I'm saying? Right. And they're not able to more veteran teams. He even alluded to yeah, yeah. He mentioned yeah. that. Um, so they like I remember talking to Trey Alexander week two of preseason camp. Yeah. And I was like, how much have you guys been working on defense? And he was like, probably two to one. You know, that's that practices have been two to one defense. <clears throat> he's like, it's starting to shift a little bit now. Now the coaches have like that we've like proven to the coaches that yeah, we want it we know that we you have to defend first and um that can set up everything else for us. Like we're buying into that. Mm-hmm. But they spent a lot of time on it and they kind of ingrained in those guys' heads that hey, like we gotta do this. And so on a night like tonight the work paid off. Yeah, I thought Trey and Alex O'Connell were outstanding. Like, they were just so good. You know, they were, from a positioning standpoint, from just a, a focus standpoint, um, 
they just didn't let those, you know, they didn't let Youngblood and Rogers, like even when they got switched on a burden, when uh, you know when they would cross in front of Nemhard and they did the, you know, they I think that Creighton was auto switching one through three tonight for sure. Mm. Um, they did really a job. They just made it. They kept making it tough for those guys to get looks. Yeah, and I think that's just like it never, never at no point did they allow them to get into a rhythm, even. Even on just like one play where they're out of position, they were always in the right spots. And I think that's really, it's it's key. For, it's big for Creighton to have two wings that can defend like that. Yeah, and I know the competition is going to ramp up, so they're going to get tested. Um, you know, they're going to have tougher tests in that regard. But so far, you know, we're only measuring them against what we can measure them against. And I, I was really impressed tonight on that end of the floor by those two. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. Travel. I don't know if Creighton's had two wings that can do it at that level on the same team. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe not. I mean, that block shot that Alex O'Connell had that they called a foul for, that's a really high-level play. I mean, he had to come through. He had to come over a screen and recovered so well he was in front of the guy to elevate that high and get, like, pretty much all of that ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, he didn't – I'll have to go back and rewatch it, but it didn't look like he fouled him. It looked clean. Yeah. That's a hell of an athletic play. Yeah, you know what I mean? Play. Um yeah, I mean, Trey Alexander played 26 minutes off the bench. Yeah. And, uh, did you feel like it was too much, or did you feel like he was earning it? As, with no, play? that's what I'm saying. I felt like he was earning it. During the game, I thought, gotcha. it, 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 yeah, it was, it, was, it, it was. made sense, largely because of what he was doing defensively. But it just sort of stuck out to me that, you know, he he got that much run because of uh, what he was able to do mm-hmm. on that end of the floor for a freshman. I mean, I think it says a lot. <coughs> Part of it was Arthur Kaluma was in foul trouble because he got that tech. And, yep. Um, but still, I mean, that he was he was on the floor when when the game was on the line. So, um, two things that stand out to me in terms of why Creighton won the night. So, I want to get your opinion on. Um, I don't know, just your your how you how 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 big you felt these plays were. One, uh, Creighton going to Ryan Hawkins out of the timeout late when he was one for nine at that point, um, and then two, Alex O'Connell. When they when uh, I can't remember who was defending him, but he cut off his right hand. Um, Alex tried to go kind of behind the back to counter it, lost it. Uh, but then as it got to half court, he took it back, kicked a loose ball around, dove on the floor for it. Found uh, I can't remember who he found, but they found Nemhard, and it led to a breakaway layup on the other end. So it pretty much was two stolen points there. Um, so the question is. Creighton going to Hawkins when he was one for nine for the for you know arguably the biggest possession of the game at that point forty seven forty four with under two minutes to go and then two Alex O'Connell not you know kind of like smacking his head for a tick or two after having a dumb turnover and getting back into the play and making a play that resulted in points for his team. Yeah, no, that was a really heady play by O'Connell. Um, not only did he strip that ball and you mentioned it, not he strip it, but then he had to dive on yeah, it. Yeah. And get it. Um, that was a good. That was a big play. I mean, I think Kennesaw State called a timeout right after that. Yeah. Um, and to stem the because the crowd, momentum, kind of crowd got into it. Yeah. Really enthused by that. Had <laughs> Creighton used that momentum to sort of extend its lead, then mm-hmm. I would have highlighted that and said, "Yeah, man, that's that was big." But and it was important. I think it's a, like an important sort of statement of like. Stay engaged in the game and yeah. keep working and keep hustling, and that was 
you know, just find a way to impact the game, which is what what something that O'Connell said afterward. But yeah, obviously the biggest play of the game was O'Connell or it was Hawkins. Hawkins. You know, Graydon. What? They hadn't scored in a while, right? Right. Well, they had one free throw. One free. Yeah, they split a pair. So it was forty six thirty six with five minutes to go. I think it was like a seven possession stretch, and they split. It. All, all they got one, was two, one out of two free three, throws. Four, five, six. They missed, six possessions. They, they missed a front end. Before during in that stretch, yep. they missed a front end in there. Six six possessions after it was forty six thirty six with one point, and the lead was down to three. Yeah. And. <coughs> Call by Mountain, which you got. That's I mean that's what they brought him here to do, right? Yeah. Like yeah. If, if he's got a matchup that he can take advantage of, he's got to do it. And he even um, Hawkins, like he beat his man and had to sort of like hesitate and maneuver around a help they, defender. Yeah, they sent the baseline help defender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and still finished. So clearly, he's done that a time or two in his yeah, he, career. He broke it down outside the locker room tonight, and it's just like it just lets you know like. That dude has a high level understanding of the game because he said he saw the he said he felt the baseline help coming, and you, and honestly it makes sense when you when I replay it in my mind because he didn't spin, uh, what, what he didn't spin right and Over immediately right go shoulder. up yeah. yeah, so he he spun right thinking he had beat his defender but still had the the wherewithal to slow down right there in that moment not rush a shot because he knew the help was coming yeah and then he manipulated the help too and then finished it I mean that's just. I just thought it was a really high-level college basketball play because you have to be smart and patient. And in that moment, you know, I'm I'm just impressed that he wasn't pressing at one for nine. You know what I mean? I don't think he ever, even at one for nine, I don't think he ever pressed any at all at any point. I mean, he, he continued to rebound. He continued to defend as well as he could. I don't feel like anyone on this team pressed. Do you? <clears throat> Arthur, I thought pressed. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe, maybe. Nimhart a little. I mean, he forced a couple inside. Yeah. I remember that reverse layup that probably wasn't okay. necessarily advised at the end. But I don't know. I mean, they didn't. They kept attacking, right? Yes. Like O'Connell had a couple back-to-back drives. They got the ball inside to Kalkbrenner twice in a row for dunks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, credit Hawkins for sure, but. Like, yeah. I feel like this, it was a collective thing. This, maybe, this whole team did a pretty good job. The shots weren't falling, so it, mm. it looked pretty ugly. Maybe the reason I'm like overly positive is I, I'm trying to like. I mean, I could at some point it's gonna be there's gonna, the, the moment to critique a larger body of work will be there, but at this point I just feel like they're they're building for something that's that might not even come this season. You know what I mean? That I just think this is a performance that they can remember because. There were so many stretches of this game where they could just be lazy defensively. Like I said earlier, let the offensive struggles creep into that side of the floor and give up, you know, a 6 or 8-0 run. And tonight that would have been damaging had they done something like that. You know, had they given yeah. up like an 8-0 run when it's 24-22 out of the locker room and they're yeah. just, you know, because they didn't shoot the ball well in warm-ups either. I don't know if you paid no, attention. No, I watched that. That's what I'm saying. They it's not out. like they came out and started like, Gave themselves a reason to feel good about the start of the second half either. There were a lot of guys who were waiting. It's like that clock was under a minute, and they're still out there shooting. Yes, like, they're like to... trying to get into a quick rhythm. Yeah. Yes, so it's not like they had any confidence brewing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so had they given up a run there, like that, that might have you know given them a hill too hard, too too high to climb. 
but they didn't. They just came out defending again. They just like stuck to that side of the floor, like trusted that if they just make smart plays on the offensive end and play out, let their defense kind of dictate the the terms tonight a little bit until the offense can get rolling, that they'll that they'll break through. And honestly, the offense had moments. I think they they did get loose in transition a couple times after really being bottled up in the first half. Trey Alexander. Had a nice layup off a secondary break. Uh, Ryan Nemhar, we talked about the layup he had off of Alex O'Connell's hustle play. Um, you know, they did take advantage of some of those moments when they had opportunities to attack. Because uh, you got to give Kennesaw State credit. They did a great job. Not a good job, a great job in transition defense. They did not let Creighton get any kind of advantages downhill. Vastly different than two nights ago in terms of the – Yes. <laughs> huge. The, Maintaining their <coughs> shape and structure defensively, like they were in their spots mm-hmm. um, before Creighton crossed half court. It seemed like every every uh, every time down. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose. What were your thoughts on Ryan Kaufmaner? You were you were kind of impressed with his second half tonight, right? The the way he kind of responded after some tough plays that um, you know got him on the bench early in the second half. Well, I think wasn't it just one play? Yeah, just the screen. Yeah, shot picked up his. <laughs> Yeah. Pick up a foul, quick. There's a screen, and and that. Yeah, the coaches were not happy with that. No, so he got he got benched, but no, he did all right. What did he do? Because he came back in after that. I think he had like two layups, um, two dunks. He definitely had those two dunks back to back. That was big. And that was in Creighton's probably their best run of the game, or their only run of the game, kind of. I mean, the, they had to start the the game off ten to three. Um. Yeah, well, when they he, you know, but like he he had two dunks. Also, Connell had a couple of driving drives to the basket that he finished out. That was all kind of in that sequence. Um, yeah, after Nemhard's uh, layup off the break, you know that kind of ignited everything. Or maybe it was Trey Alexander's layup on the secondary break. Yeah, kind of was like the igniter of all of that. I mean, yeah, Kaufmaner was decent, like ten and seven. You'll take that every night if yeah. you can get that. If you can get that from Kaufmaner, you'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he affected some shots on the other end of the court too. You know, protecting the rim a little bit, so that was big. But <coughs> I don't know. I, th- I feel like you could find the positives and negatives with each guy tonight. Yeah. Too. I mean. What negative stand? Let's, let's let's talk negative a little bit. What negative stand out to you that you feel like are, um, I mean, glaring after two games is probably a little overstatement. But did you feel like you're curious to see uh, if it's a going to be a reoccurring thing? Well, one of the things, shooting obviously is yep. three point shooting. I, right? Well, I wonder just how shooting in general or three point shooting. Well, probably both shooting and free throws. But with a, with the three point shooting, now we'll see. But I wonder. I was curious. Because you did ask about this, so it makes me curious. About well, I was I was wondering in this game. I, w- I I wish I wanted to see what would happen if a couple shots went in because I think that the snowball would have been rolling in a positive way. I feel like this like team maybe ma- ma- yeah maybe it's streaky. part of being young that it's contagious. I don't know. Maybe some veteran teams probably feel this way too. But like I would say, I would argue that some veteran teams thought yeah. it was pretty contagious recently too. Yeah. And this I think I think of a Butler game where everybody was hitting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small sample size, obviously, but yeah. it, I, I wonder how much it is going to come in waves for this team from mm-hmm. a shooting standpoint, and maybe that's just a reflection of them not being as elite as some of the previous great teams that we've seen um, as shooters, and they just need more reps, game speed reps, and yeah. experiences to kind of work through it. But 
Um, I, w- I, that's, I was wondering, you know, well, if one guy hits it and then the next guy hits it, maybe you'll just start to see all those guys shoot it yeah. with just a touch more confidence. But Because they um, did turn down shots tonight. Yes. You were not wrong about In the that. second half, for yeah. sure. Um, the free throw thing, you know, I guess a positive from that is that Nemhard was three for four, Trey Alexander two for two, Hawkins two for two. So yeah. the guys that you sort the, of the big guys were three for eight. I mean, that's, and that was they. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't have the box score in front of me from last night or from Tuesday, but I feel like yeah, that it was the big guys who struggled at the line again. So mm-hmm. you know, if you're for Creighton to make a step there, dude. Got those guys. They're better shooters. I should say three for ten because uh, Keyshawn was two for two, oh for two as well. They're better shooters than they've shown at the line so far, but mm-hmm. they obviously they have to prove it. So yeah, I will say like Kalkbrenner and Kaluma's misses. I mean, I don't. I can't remember Keyshawn's misses tonight, but their misses weren't horrific misses. Played, like back random. Yeah, so that's just like a touch thing in my opinion. Like there's not like they weren't airballing shots. They weren't side rimming them. Yeah. Um, they're just a little bit off, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'll be curious to see if that's a, if there's a game where they can just like if those start to, if those fall for those guys. Um, yeah, because I didn't feel like, I feel like they had good misses mostly. Kaluma was uh, four of seven from the free throw line in game one. So. Yeah, and one for four tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah, turnovers are a thing for me probably because uh, what they have against Upper Iowa. 19. 19. No, no, 17 against Iowa. 17 against Iowa, 19 against uh, um, Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff, 14 tonight in in kind of a – how many possessions do they have tonight? Yeah, 64 possession game. So turnover rate was at 21.9. Not horrible, but if you're not scoring, it's pretty bad. You know, so – Feels like that's not too far off than what it was. Uh, yeah, honestly. I mean, it's a little high, but I mean, if if you're if you're scoring at a if you're shooting the ball well, you can beat everybody. You can beat a lot of teams with twenty one with a twenty percent turnover rate, so it's not alarming. But the fact that they only scored on forty percent of their possessions makes a twenty percent turnover rate mm. highlights it a little bit more. Right. You know, enhances it. So yeah, that's one thing for me, especially because they're going to play teams that can. Um, you know, take advantage of that. But, you know, Kansas State only had four tr- steals tonight, so ten of those well, four teams well, were, were like, dead ball turnovers. Yeah, Creighton had turnovers on moving screens. They had some offensive fouls, yeah. you know. They so have three moving screens tonight, three I think screens. so. Yeah. Two in the first, like, four possessions of the second half. Yes. Yes, accurate. Yeah, I think they had three moving screens, a couple uh, – one one push off for sure, that extended arm um, point of emphasis. So, Yeah. A lot of dead ball turnovers tonight. Shot so they, violation. Yeah, one shot violation. Yep. Um, so they won't. I mean, they're they're empty possessions, so they'll cost. They're costly, but they're not deadly in terms of giving the ball away and letting Which, it come down your throat. It so felt like that'll against, be key against Nebraska. If you if you have live ball turnovers in Lincoln, like they're going to punish you. for Yes, that. no doubt. Yep. That might be the biggest key to the game, honestly, because that'll get their offense going. Yeah, for sure. Um, should we jump into questions? I think we got quite a bit. Yeah, we'll so do that's it. about twenty minutes of us rambling. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for chiming in with the questions again tonight. Although I think an argument broke out, which is always a risk <laughs> <laughs> when that goes down. Uh, so I have to read these carefully. 
sure we don't say anything inappropriate. Okay. Uh, Ravi Lula. Good buddy Ravi. Wants to know, why can't Creighton make any shots? Thanks. Very polite question. Always polite. Right. Yeah, why, why couldn't Creighton get the shots falling tonight? That's a good way to ask it, right? I mean, they got good looks, man. They did. I, I guarantee that when I go back and look at it, like, of their 19 threes. Like how many of those should you not take? Yeah. Like, yeah, probably yeah. like one, yeah, if that. I know. I feel like, I, I know I'd already picked on him once tonight, so I feel bad doing it again. But I think I remember one that Arthur took kind of like um, off balance a little bit. There was one that Nemhard I thought was rushed. I, I remember Nemhard did a pull up three against, he was like isolated against a big guy. And oh, yeah, yeah. Shot a pull that. up three. Like, he didn't have to do that, I guess. But <coughs> I don't know, man. Like,. Yeah. So many good shots. That they Dude, the one they hit was tough. Alex, it was a little yeah, simple he, handoff for, from Ryan. And Kalkbender was, like, in his way. Yeah. And he, he shot it over Kalkbender and a defender and yeah, hit it. And he came from, like, inside the paint. So his momentum was kind of taking him yes. away from the basket. Yeah. And he just stopped and pulled up and yeah. on a handoff and mm-hmm. nailed it. It's like, that one might have been the worst shot selection. It, <laughs> yeah, it was It was definitely one of the hardest looks. And they, that's the one they hit. Um uh, you know, honestly, what was what was that? I gotta look what Alex was tonight. Um, he was one for five. I, dude, I thought he had good misses too. You know, just like a little bit off. But I think he's a good shooter. Like I think he should keep. He should. He, he passed up shots. I think that would have been okay with him taking. Yeah. Even at one for five. Because there was a point in the second half. I don't even know what he shot in the second half. I would be surprised if he shot more than one three in the second half. Let me see. Oh, he shot two. So I was surprised. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I thought I thought his misses were good. Like I thought he had good misses tonight. I, I don't remember Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins had a bad miss, a really bad miss from the like just just off top of the key in the second half. I have uh, missed everything. I think I, right I, backboard on my sheet where I kind of keep possessions and score the game. I have four yeah. threes right here in the second half. This is early in the second half. Like one, two, three, four, five, six. So four threes in a six possession span. Yeah. That I wrote open, open. One was a ball screen throwback, so open. Okay. And then another one for open. Yeah. Hey, missed them all. And the ball screen, the ball screen, the ball screen throwback. He like missed. He like hit the side of the backboard over the rim. That was to uh, Alexander. Did he miss the ball screen throwback? Um, to Alexander. I don't know if it, I don't remember if he missed it that bad. I, yeah, I maybe he didn't. I don't know. One, someone, it was either Hawkins or Alexander missed over the rim from just off off top of the key yeah. in the second half. So after, once Alex O'Connell missed that open three, I think it might have been from the corner um, with about 12 minutes left. Yeah. Creighton did not attempt a three-pointer. One more three-pointer the rest of the way. And Hawkins. that was Hawkins in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. For the final 12 minutes, so. It definitely got to him. They yeah. knew they knew they were missing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I mean the, but yeah, I agree with you. The looks were good. And the misses were good. So had they just kept going and been one for thirty, I would not have been like I would have been I would have been confident in the next five. I as as weird as that sounds, I would be like, yeah, just try again. Um, Brian, best Creighton fan who lives in Lincoln and is in it is named Brian. I, I, I feel only, like I feel like we're being led to a certain answer here, but I don't. I don't do you know. know anybody named Brian that lives in Lincoln? Is a Creighton fan? I don't. I don't so either. I guess it's Brian. 
Yeah. Congratulations, Brian. Yeah, if it's, it, a big if, it's if it's you, it's a big yeah, big day. It is. We we both nominate you. Brian Health. <coughs> is that a real person? No. Or is no. that a I think a, it's a hospital. A, it's an entity, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hospitals like Creighton, so Okay. Good. I mean, hospitals are, hospitals are good, right? In theory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brian, Brian Health number one, Brian J1317 number two. Mm, I, I think Brian J has got the win, but. Oh. A lot of lives saved in that first first, first we, we don't know for sure how. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to wait for the corruption story to pop out. Then. Maybe right. you, you can call some of your investigative journalists and yeah. we'll see if they can. Write a hit piece that'll move Brian up in the rankings. Brian. I got you, um, Brian. He's gonna he's gonna look into it for you, Brian. Uh, let's see, Creighton Blue Jays. This is the official account. No, this is Blue Jays fan. Obviously, we will improve throughout the year, but one major weakness I see is there is no quote unquote go to guy like Doug, Marcus Foster, Marcus Zagorowski, etc. Do you think we can win as a balanced team, or does someone need to become quote unquote the guy throughout the year? Well, I think it feels like O'Connell and Hawkins are. Uh, yeah, I disagree with the guys. premise of the question. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've kind of like, I've throughout the years, I think that, you know, because I know I've asked the coaching staff this throughout the years when it feels like they don't have one, do they need one? Um, yeah. I think they do. I think you do need one because if you're, it just helps form your identity because you know when you're in a tight game, you can just play through but, this person. But now, I guess you can make an argument that it was Marcus Zagorowski last year in the last well, the last two years. But they had dudes. Uh, I would argue it was Ty two years ago, Marcus this year. Okay, or last year. But yeah. they had multiple dudes hit big time shots for sure. Like, like last year at UConn, they went to DJ. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Mitch Ballock hit the did he, did he hit the did he hit the game winner against Seton Hall in that comeback? Yes. Or, yeah. So he hit the game winner. I know Denzel hit that big game winner against Seton Hall. Two, the, the year they won the Big East Championship at Seton Hall. All right, yeah, yeah, good call. He hit the big shot against Villanova on the road that year too, and a shot clock deep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So man, I don't. I think you need you need sort of that. I I, I imagine you need one guy to maybe emerge as like this is where we start, and then if. This if this player, because that was the one is taken away, then we have other options or something. That was the one thing I was going to push back against what you were saying. I was like, once one emerges, others follow suit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because like Mitch hit the big three against Seton Hall on the road last year, but it was off of Marcus Zagorowski getting double teamed on a Hauser. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, Mitch went and Marcus had just hit the big three before that. Yeah, he he, he had Marcus. Pulled up around the screen, hit three. The next time down, Mitch acts like Slip. he's going to yeah. set the screen. That then, little Hauser action, yeah. You know. And he slides through it. Both defenders go with Marcus. Marcus slips it over to him. Bang. Yeah. Um, Mitch also had a big three at Arizona State. Remember that? Oh, I remember from that game was a dunk. Well, he caught one at his knees. He, I, yeah, that's all, all I the top of the key. Like, that's or right. Or yeah. like his shins. I do remember that. Yeah. Rolls up. Christian Bishop had some big time plays. Uh, Christian Bishop had a game winning dunk, buzzer beating dunk at Providence. Yeah, but that was actually Marcus Zagorowski's play. It was. I, that he made. But, and hey, the, the free but again, throws. That's the the like, free throws against uh, UC Santa Barbara. That's right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Christian Bishop. I mean, you, I seriously, you I, I just, down. Yeah, I, I, think you need, I think you need someone to emerge, and then everybody, like, 
nose on the floor. That's our dude. Yeah. Um, and then you play off of that. Okay. So, yeah, I do think that Creighton needs somebody to become that. I think they have – I think you've seen it now, Alex O'Connell in the second half against um, – I can't remember the Pine Bluff. Why am I why am I doing that? I don't know. Why can't I can't remember the no disrespect, Pine Bluff. The Golden Lions, right? Yeah. I wrote Golden Eagles a couple times. I had to go back and erase that. Never oh. mind. It's just natural. It's yeah, Golden it's, Eagles, but it's Golden Lions. Yeah, Golden Lion. Whatever's a Golden Lion. Um O'Connell made some big shots too, made, today too. And he was he was big against and he was big against up Iowa too, but Hawkins also hit the best big, big shot tonight. Yeah. yeah so was. like they've got go to guys. You know what I mean? It's Ryan Hawkins and now they got to prove that they can do it against high yeah, level yeah. competition, but for sure, seems like they're emerging as those yeah go to guys. So there's a little bit of identity there. Um, Ryan's back in here. Wants us to. He wants another question. Should we give it to him? Yes. Okay. Number one Creighton fan named Brian and Lincoln. Okay. Potentially. Well, Potentially. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna look into that. Okay. Um, yeah, he wants to know a lot of new faces in the Big East. What's our updated head coach ranking by hunkiness? Did we have one of those before? Like, like, and Hunk is in like that dude. He's like, got some. The, if they were, if they were all bachelors, rank them. Yeah, like, he's got uh, some, like according to the. He got some swagger. Okay. Well, this with him. should we wait because like they're gonna bust out some casual fits this year. So we should we no. see who looks good in casual? I think, I think Laval Jordan might be right at the top of the list, especially because he's my man with the three quarter sleeve roll up. I'm I'm that kind of guy too. Okay. I just think there's something cool about that look. I don't yeah. know. But he likes to go with the three-quarter sleeve roll-up. Mm-hmm. If he does that in a quarter zip, that's like, all right, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a sharp man. Yeah, I'm, I'm eager to see what J-Rod looks like. No soup. Yeah. But. He's going to he's gonna, he's gonna drop in some power rankings for sure. Yeah. Because then, the, you know, without the three-piece, the, they'll be like, oh, man, he's got gray hair and everything. And all of a sudden, his flaws will be highlighted and, and <laughs> casual. <laughs> Casual zips. Yeah, he like glistened it with a suit. You know, so it was like, crazy, yeah. Especially since he said the F word a lot too. It was like it was hard. It was, it's amazing that people still focus on the three piece. Um, I mean, the Jays had the baby blue quarter zips tonight. They did. And they just look good. In that. You know, Jalen Courtney Williams looks good in baby blue. I think everybody does. It's a good. Coach. Yeah, but Jalen Courtney Williams still looks like he could play. <laughs> he like does. he looks like he's he's fit. Yeah. He's in shape. I mean. I, they, yeah, like he still looks like he can go get like twelve boards you, in the practice. Hey, you noted uh, Ryan Miller though off the bench, yelling out some plays yeah. and uh, being almost like one step ahead of Ken- or yeah, Kennesaw a couple times. Uh, Mac was, Mac was, yeah, Mac Mac sniffed it out. Ryan called it. Gotcha. Because well, Mac asked him, like, "Hey, is that is that that play? Is that, that that's it? Is that that TCU set?" Um, yeah. But yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll let's table this one because we gotta see what they look like in casual fits. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I didn't get to watch much Big East play. Neither, on I, haven't Tuesday seen a, either, so. I haven't seen a thing yet. Not a game. So I'm way behind. Are you? How, how close are you? Who have you seen so far? Yeah, yeah the zero. Okay. I watched uh, <laughs> Kennesaw State, Iowa State. Okay. And uh, Nebraska, Western Illinois. <laughs> you almost you almost throw up or? <laughs> no. Okay, I didn't know. <laughs> Laughing. <laughs> You've seen some horrible basketball this year. <laughs> We're just being honest about the poor games. 
going to hate the sport by the end of the week. <laughs> no question about that. Oh, my God. Hey, I did what? I hey, watched. watch the end of UC Riverside, Arizona State. I saw the shot. Okay, okay, okay. I saw okay, the okay. shot, so that'll be good. That'll save That'll, that'll save the soul. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched a little bit of highlights of Paulo uh, Bancaro for Duke. Okay. And so that helped. But <coughs> you're right, man. I need something. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I might stay up. It, Villanova UCLA starts after my bedtime. Okay. We've got one, a, young, a young son. I'm gonna. I usually go to bed before that thing. You try to like. But I think I'm gonna stay up. Watch that. Like, I, hey, this I, is what. Look, I, we got. I gotta watch something. Yeah, for sure. It's my last hope. How's Purdue? Are they okay? Are they all right so far? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I think they all played right. Bellarmine. So. Okay. Bellarmine. Yeah, I'm with you on either one of those. Yeah. I'll go with. I'll it go might with. be. Is a son? Is that is that an a son team? Uh, Kennesaw State in the same conference. I think you're right. I think you're right about that. What other questions we got? Oh yeah, sorry. Um, are the basketball players supposed to put the ball into the basketball hoop? Yes. You agree, right? Well. <laughs> um, Alex Sindelar, I miss you guys. We miss you too. Um, we just talk all the time though. So why do you miss us? I haven't talked to Alex in a while, though. Oh, you should. Well, John, you should talk to him. It's not baseball season. Oh, that's so. true. Okay. Sorry, Alex. Uh, <laughs> Alex, you just got told. Uh, do you think the growing pains will come to a climactic end and this team will eventually gel and explode by the time conference play begins, or will that timetable extend throughout? I expect up and down throughout. Yeah. I, I, simple answer on that. I mean, I me. think I think there's a chance that it could click at some point in the middle of conference season. Like what, I, I just what, what's click? Like, what do you see them being able to rattle off if they get rolling? Like, you can even, yeah, look, like, at, you can even look at the schedule, too, if you want to see, like, I feel like they can win four or five in a row here. Um, Like, what looks like a potential springboard for some momentum? Right. That's a great question here, because I don't know. Maybe uh, February 8th, Butler at home at Georgetown, Marquette at home. Okay. At St. John's after that. So kind of right Providence. around the same time that the 18-19 team got a little momentum too, right? Is that yeah. what you're kind of projecting that's, there? That's my thought. Okay. Um, okay. It's going to be hard in this league to win consecutive games. Feels like there's gonna be, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, especially this great team that's going to be up and down, but... Yeah, you just don't know when it's when it is going to click. I mean, I think they're going to get progressively better, mm-hmm. but it may not show up on a game to game basis. Like, you you may look back, maybe in the middle of January and look back on it a month ago at the team a month ago and be like, oh yeah, they're way better, but mm-hmm. they just lost, you know. And and I think that that's kind of kind of be the story of this group as this as the season goes on, and maybe they can find. I mean, it's really about consistency, isn't it? Like, once once you're able to know what to expect and how you're going to win and what your identity is and who's going to deliver in what role night after night, that's when you feel comfortable about what this team's going to be. And I just don't know if you're going to see that for, like I said, maybe mm-hmm. in February. <laughs> maybe It's going to be a while. Yeah, I, th- I was a little surprised in but, that, that but, they couldn't sustain. Sorry to interrupt, no, but I was just going to say, it is encouraging that they seem to be uh, in a good place defensively. At least mm-hmm. they have the confidence of their coaching staff there. And, you know, you flip it. And talk, you talked about that 18-19 team. They didn't have that. No. And, and obviously that, that end of Florida was the one that was really behind. Right. And it cost them in a number of games. Mm-hmm. 
because sometimes those games Ohio State down the stretch, Gonzaga, yeah, those Nebraska, games get Oklahoma down the stretch of games. Sometimes you know it's it, it becomes a little bit of a grind, even if it's in the seventies or eighties. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have to sort of um, work your way and grit your teeth a little bit to find a win, even if it feels like it's a shootout. And so this team, maybe they have that trait. I mean, again, it's early; we don't know for sure, but they've shown some good signs already, mm-hmm. and so. Maybe that helps um, them settle in and figure out what their DNA is a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. Maybe they maybe they grind their way to some wins, even when uh, it's a little bit ugly offensively. But. Yeah, you summed that up pretty well. I think the one thing the one thing I will admit to being surprised about tonight was when they got off to the ten three start. I thought the way they were scoring was going to be sustainable, and then it just stopped. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to say that in a joking manner. It just literally stopped. They, like they got back into a rut. And I was surprised that it happened like that. Because um, I thought, because I, I figured it was going to be at least maybe if not sustainable, maybe longer lasting. But after the first stoppage, the, it just like you know they still had trouble getting loose in transition. They didn't knock down any threes. Um, they started turning the ball over. I think they had a stretch of like eight possessions where they turned it over four times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that was kind of what we saw in the second wave of the game against Arkansas Pine Bluff. They got off to a pretty decent start. You know, I think it was like seven to two, something like that. Yep. yep. And then they just got into a, they just fell into a hole for a little bit. So that happened again tonight. Well, uh, and it caught me off guard. I was like, oh, they, that's this looks a little bit similar, and I was surprised that it did. Yeah. I thought the ten three start was a really good. Um, I thought they played really good basketball in that start, and I thought it was going to last longer. It didn't. So it turned into more of a grind quicker than I thought it was going to. So maybe I should – so I'll probably expect that going into Nebraska. I'll probably expect a little bit of a of a grind at the start as they try to figure their like, way. Especially on the road. Yeah, for sure, as they try to figure their way into the game yeah. in a hostile crowd and everything. Um, Josh Peterson wants to know what's our favorite brand of bottled water. This is Aquafina, but it's not my favorite. What's your? Do you have a favorite? No, I I try not to drink bottled water. Oh really? Okay. Hashtag. Earth. Yeah, I'm a I'm a hashtag Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a tap tap water guy too. But if there's a bottle of water, I will take it and drink it. I think Smart Water is my favorite. Okay. But you know, I'm not like passionate about it. I will say I'll I, take a I, bottle of Smart Water. I'll fill it with tap water. I have I'm noticed. Cool I have noticed a difference between. <clears throat> you go to the gas station, you get that the water for like ninety nine cents. Yeah, there's something different about that ninety nine cent bottle of water versus like the brand names, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's in my head, but it feels different. Mm-hmm. You know, you should talk to John McHugh about this because he's kind of passionate about um, Maine spring water. We have had this conversation okay. before, so if you're curious about. Delving into um, quality of bottled water, ask him. So he's all about the spring water from Maine. You know, he's he's, he stays local, so yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see, JT Hudson. I do remember the the water being particularly delicious in Maine. Hmm. It's fighting off some hangovers. Have you been in Maine? I I have. have. Oh, okay. So there's two endorsements for Maine bottled water. Um, Steve Swanigan wants to know how do you listen to the game online? Go to 1620thezone.com, listen live? Yes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yes. That's how I do it when I listen online. 
Uh, JT Hudson. Oh, you can stick it to your live broadcast too. That's really fun to do. Um, JT Hudson wants to know a time. I get table to sit right next to those guys, so I get. You do. You yeah. Got a, you got a good seat tonight. It's, yeah. You were practically part of the broadcast. You should have just like offered some comments. Like, I should have just slipped them notes. <laughs> yeah. It was Bishop and Brody Darren tonight. I could have yeah. just given them some things to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some talking points. Smiley faces. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Um, timetable on reef. Timetable on reef. I don't. I don't have one. Do you have one? I mean, I guess. When did we do the um, roster preview podcast? Monday. Uh, Monday night. He said he had practiced. Reef had practiced that day for the first time. A couple weeks. It 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 felt like Nebraska is like a maybe, like a probably long, like a, like long a shot longer maybe. shot and okay. Paradise Sham maybe. Okay, Paradise Jam is next Saturday. It's next Friday. Next Friday. A week okay. from. Friday, from tomorrow. Okay, so that's 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 like what, six practices? Is that how many that we get in there? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah, so that I mean, I think they, I think they would probably know if you could play by then, if that's how many practices they get in that time. Yeah, I mean they're going to be careful with him though, obviously, For sure. because yeah. it's still early in the year. I but. mean, the way he plays with that type of injury, it's like you know a high risk to re-aggravate. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but no one's Sharif. I know he wants to play on Tuesday. Uh, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, JT says they. We the comedy offers is we need him back in a bad way. Do you agree? I think that he helps. He's another playmaker. Yeah, and he's so fast with the ball. Like I, it felt like I want. I do want to go back and watch it, but it felt like in the first half, especially once Creighton kind of got into a rut, that they just lost a little bit of their pace. Yeah, pace yeah. and edge and just, like, sharpness offensively. Mm-hmm. And Kennesaw State, they played a little bit physical defense. Like, they extended their their guards a little bit yeah. beyond the three-point line, kind of pushed Creighton out a little bit. Um, they, were, they, were, they were physical. They were putting their hands on them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, it just felt like it took Creighton. Creighton got out of its you – know, what good, what's good at pushing pace and – Scoring in transition is one thing, but they also traditionally Creighton's moved so well in the half court and yeah. put pressure on teams by moving the ball, but also just moving bodies and continually making making other teams communicate well. And it, just, it, it felt like there was just like a little bit of a dip, and so but Reef has that, you know, mm-hmm. and he'll make you pay. You know what I caught myself thinking about tonight uh, before the game. What's the what is the, what's your like main rotation that you that you trust right now if Reef is healthy? Oh, if he's healthy, because mm-hmm. that's a good uh, question. Well, yeah, because I, I couldn't answer it, and like I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, it might be it might be the starting lineup. Remove Kaluma, put Reef in. Yeah, that might be the. I, and I'd like to see how that looks together, like how those guys look together on the court. Right. Um, but. Because someone's going to lose playing time. Either Roddy will be kind of phased out of that backup point guard spot, or yeah, well, I they'll, think oh, they'll fall into a trap where they end up having to split Hawkins and Kaluma at the four. At the four, yeah, which they didn't want they to do. They don't want to do that. Um, yeah, I just I, I, I just introduce, I try to introduce Reef into the lineup in my head and see how it like who how it affects who who's playing time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's going to be an interesting little little deal to see what what rotations work out the best yeah well i think it, it would 
It's almost, like the seasonal, just, it's almost like the season will restart once he's back. A little bit. I, I do think that it, it'll probably mean less playing time for Rati at yeah. the one. Because I can't sure. really envision in my head a, a scenario where, unless there's foul one trouble, of, that, yeah, it's yeah. Nemhard or Reese not running the team. 100%. At point. So, I agree with it, you there. I mean, Rati definitely can contribute off the ball. He's got that potential. And last year, like, he almost worked his – I think he was going to get into the rotation, like the back end of the rotation last year before he got hurt. Mm. And he was working in an off-the-ball role. And so he can do that. But like you said, when you, if, if Kloon was going to be playing the three, and he played some four tonight too when Hawkins was off the floor. But if, if you want to get Kloon and Hawkins minutes together, then that's going to lower the playing time potential for – Alexander, Christophilus, and Rati when the brief comes back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but I think it's a good problem to have. Oh, yeah, for sure. You need him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's just a little twist on that question. Uh, Joey Tempo wants to know Is this the year that Jays don't hit a three in a game? <laughs> Might be. Might have been. T- I mean, if it was going to happen tonight, it was pretty close. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Um, how many, you want to guess how many times under Mac Creighton has hit just one three in a game? Under Mac? Yeah. Um, I'll say it happened twice. That's correct. Once in, I'll say once in 14, 15, once in 10, 11. No, tonight. Okay. And at Georgetown in 2018. Really? 2017. The year oh it was the game it was the second game after Maurice went went down oh. so the first game they played they got, Marquette they got smoked that game yeah they went to yeah. Georgetown lost by twenty they yeah. shot one of eighteen from three previously the lowest percentage in the McDermott era for for a single game from three at five point six percent tonight five point three percent now oh. tonight's the lowest but okay yeah it's only happened twice yeah uh, so is this the year they don't hit a three in a game is this, this is the year the streak ends what do you think it might be. Yeah. Possible. Yeah, because I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm trying to I'm think. I'm yes. trying to think who in the like who defensively is gonna be able to do it to him. Because uh, like the thing that is the thing UConn? that made, the thing that makes me yeah the thing that makes me entertain the possibility of it is they turned down good looks tonight when they were missing. Yeah, which makes me think. That they will get in there, that they will do that again. That they will kind of realize in the moment that they're not hitting threes and they won't try to force it at some point. So the question is, like, will they find themselves in a game where it doesn't happen? And they only shoot like seven threes right. total. total. Right. Uh, I could see. UConn's a pretty good guess. UConn's a pretty good bet. I mean, Providence is a team that's been able to. Really, really throw them off kilter defensively with, you know, that team, a zone look for a half. Or that something team like last that. year, here at home against Providence, had a game where they were four for twenty three from three. Um, that's pretty bad for that group. I mean, yeah. So against UConn, Creighton shot thirty percent or worse in every game yeah. from three. I feel like UConn's better at inside than they are on the perimeter. I remember, I remember threes being hard to come by against UConn. Do um, you really? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I remember. But 
I remember drives being hard to come by. <laughs> Everything was hard to come by, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say no. They're, they're, there's just too many shooters, and they shoot too much. They're not going to have a goose egg game. They won't. Because I think it's going to get harder. Well, I think it's going to get harder for them to score inside. So they'll have no choice. Like, they, they had a physical... They, the two teams they've played so far, they've outmatched physically. So they've been able to be. They've been able to lean on um, the dribble drive game, the inside game, because they they know they can score on those two teams in that manner. Mm. They're gonna they're gonna start playing teams soon. That is, it's not where it's not as easy, and they'll have to lean on the three ball to balance it out. I don't think they're gonna go zero four. Okay, it's really okay. hard to miss all your threes in a game not these days. There's too many shooters on the floor. And I mean, Ryan Hawkins is not gonna. He's a forty-one. Yeah, he's career, a really good shooter. Yeah, three-point shooter. He'll figure it out. Yeah, hundred percent. No, yeah. So I'm a no. I'm a no on that. All right. And you're a maybe UConn. I, I would say. Let me just say yes. Oh, just okay. To, just to put I it. Think okay, it's, it's gonna happen. Just to put it out there and see if it happens. Okay. Um. Struggling from the perimeter, why has Mac not brought in John C or someone else for some shots at it? Well, they did. So, they did. Um, although, I yeah, I, I thought you know the thing about Christophilus tonight is he was better. He was more impactful defensively. Oh, he had a one on one against Rogers. Yep. Do you remember that play? I do. Where it, I'm it, right it, in front of us. Isoed against Rogers and forced a tough fadeaway contested. Mm-hmm. I was. I was. He showed me something on that possession. Yeah, like that was pretty right. impressive. Mm-hmm. Just to stick your neck in there and go toe to toe with that, you yeah. know, a veteran scorer for sure for, for a sure. freshman who you know has been labeled as a shooter and like yes. you think, okay, what else can you do? We mm-hmm. know you can shoot. What else? And that's hey. yeah. I was gonna say the one that's thing, honestly, of his live action so far, it, the, the thing that only that's the side of the floor that's impressed me so far. He hasn't really. Yeah, had a bit. He hasn't really showed off the the shooting prowess yet. And you and I both thought that he was one of those guys that improved a lot during the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more reps he got, seemed to settle in. And and I think, I guess he, his jump shot he hasn't shot as well in live practice as right. perhaps he's capable of. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely a dude who shoots it a lot. And he's one of those guys too that I think has the. Um, um, the green light to shoot maybe some more higher or lower percentage threes. Yep. You yep. know, some coming off the screens because the coaches have confidence in his ability to make those. They called a play for him on the on an out of bounds. At least it looked like it was a call for him. He shot a three, he missed it. But, um, yeah, we'll see if he – but he might be another guy. Like, you know, if we've come back, comes back, maybe he's mm-hmm. loses a little bit of PT. For sure. Um, say the over-under for most three-pointers made by the Jays. By this Jays team. This is a different way to look at it. By this Jays team in a game is set at eight and a half. What are you taking? Wait. The most threes they hit in a game this year, over-under. Oh, they'll probably half. go over. You think they'll have yeah. a game to go yeah. over? Yeah. Okay. I think they're going to be hot and cold. Like, crazy hot and cold. Well, they, well, they, they were five for eight in the second half the other night, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was a pretty hot stretch. They were like they got seven in on that one, right? After missing their first fourteen, right. So, so you're basically banking on if that happens at like the twelve minute mark where they knocked down their first one, they're hitting like ten, yeah, eleven. I think it's going to yeah. happen at some point. 
That's a good call. Yeah, I'll take the over too because I think you're right. If that, if they even if they have a night where they miss their first few, if they get that first one in and it starts a snowball effect, as you put it earlier, in a yeah, good way, the good snowball, not the negative snowball. Is, ne- is snowball negative? I think it's it usually it's just like is a down, associated. It's just like a momentum. Thing, I know, right? but I think it's. I thought it's usually associated with a negative thing. Snowballs are fun, though. I, I think positive. Unless they get too big. Well, the bad snowballs when the, the, the mean kid in the neighborhood puts it in an icebox for like a week and then comes out of the house in the middle of the fight and hits somebody in the face with it. That's when it's not fun anymore. Yeah, that never happened to me. I had mean neighbors. I had like, I had like you know. Apparently. I had like people that would, they would push the line. Didn't you grow up in Millard? No. Oh. I grew up in La Vista. <laughs> not Millard at all. Is that? No. It's not, it's not the same? No. Are right. you serious? I, I don't know. I didn't even know what a sweater was until I was an adult. Are you kidding me? My, my jean, my, my jean, my, sh- my summer shorts were my winter jeans with like cut okay. at the knees. Right. That's where I grew up. I, I, I don't know the characteristics of Omaha too much outside of the La Vista, well, okay, so, like, there's Omaha, you used to live in Ralston? I did live in Ralston for three years, so that gave me a little bit of a taste. La Vista's on the other side of that. Yeah. Okay. It gave me a little bit of a taste. So, what, La Vista's, like, that little little town that's caught in between Ralston, which is, like, you know, wants to be Omaha, and then Papillion, which wants to be Millard. So, La Vista's, like, the forgotten child. (laughs) Okay. They they built a new high school like out south Papio South you know yeah. they built it, they built that and it erected it my senior year of high school and the dividing line was like La Vista so like Papillion La Vista High School my high school turned into basically like La Vista Junior High again gotcha. which is which was always the like stepchild of Papillion kids the preppy Papillion kids I see so you were you were Papillion La Vista product yes North Sisto. That's right. High five monarchs. Yeah. Finally got that's a big Yeah. And Jordan Bale. Yes. Well you didn't say that name right. Well, how, how yeah, I saw your name? Jordy Ball. Jordan Ball? Ball. Is it Ball? Yeah. yeah. I think it's okay. Ball, right? I don't know. It's a really good softball player. Yeah, oh, amazing softball player. So there you go. Yeah. You oh are... yeah, we rocked a, a softball like we have like a legacy at softball. <laughs> yeah. And it used to be volleyball too when I was growing up. So, but that like went down a little bit, yeah. and then now it's like, yeah, North assists. That's right. Okay, yeah. there you go for sure. There's there's some Papio pride there for sure. Well, how did we get on that? <coughs> you asked me where I grew up. Oh, that's how we got my on bad. that. Um, does this team win more games than the fourteen fifteen team? That team won fourteen. They were fourteen and nineteen. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen. There you go. 14 yeah, 14 and 19, 19. and 4-14 in the Big East. I mean, I think so. I think they'll win more than four Big East games for sure. The Big East is a... I said that this team was going to win 18. I'm not ready to... Oh, um, okay. I'm not ready to back away from that yet. You know what I haven't done this year? Is, so, I don't even know if I can answer this question honestly. I haven't looked at the schedule and projected a win total. I don't know why I didn't do that, but I just didn't feel like I could. So I didn't even try Because I feel like that I feel like that Virgin Islands tournament is going to be tougher than people think. I mean, in my head, I said um, a loss in the Paradise Jam, a loss to BYU, and a loss to either Nebraska or Arizona State. So that's eight and three, and then ten and ten in league play. It might be that gets you eighteen. It might be over. Yeah. What's might, the overall record on that when you do that? 
18, uh, 18 and 13. Okay. Yeah. And it might be a little bit overambitious. <coughs> I mean, we've definitely seen mm-hmm. some flaws, but I, I, I made this sort, that sort of prediction a week ago, but I expected to see... I expected it to be ugly early. Yeah, me too. Um, so, so far, not too surprised, but mm-mm. obviously they got to get better. Yeah. I, honestly, it depends on how good the Big East is. I'm still not sure... Like the Big East has an elite is an elite um, league this year. I'm not I'm not sure about that yet. Like I think Villanova is going to be really good, but even them, I think they yeah, kind of got some flaws. Yeah, I was going to say they may not be as. Um, like I think everybody th- kind of thinks they're a national. Like when Gillespie and Samuels came back, I think national sentiment was to put them in the national title Final Four conversation, mm-hmm. and I kind of held back on that a little bit because even at their best last year, I didn't feel like they were that. That's true, though. That's that is true. I mean, what they, they end up being a four seed or a five seed in the tournament? I think they were four, five. They were five. Were they, they were, five? Uh-uh. I thought they played four thirteen first. Yeah, I think they. I think they were four, five. Yeah, I thought North Texas was a thirteen seed. Oh no, Winthrop. Winthrop yeah. was first. Yeah, yeah North Texas was. Purdue was the four seed in that region. That's, that's sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. I. I'm, I'm with you though. Yeah. Um, How much better are they going to be? They they lose Jeremiah Robinson Earl, the best player. Right. They've added some freshmen, but Jay Wright doesn't play a lot of yeah, freshmen. Yeah, freshmen don't exactly take off right away. Yeah. From, with, with, yeah. Um, so they got the same group back. But then again, you could argue that that team, Villanova, you know, without – they found a way to hold on against Creighton without Gillespie. Then they lost to Providence without Gillespie. Then they lost the Big East tournament without Gillespie. So – Maybe had Gillespie been healthy, they would have been four seed, three seed. Yeah. And maybe they do they, do they finish off Baylor with Gillespie, you're saying, basically? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm – but Nova's – that's different, though. Nova's Nova. You know what I mean? After I that, think Creighton yeah. still have a good year, Nova being Nova. Like, do I trust UConn yet? No. Like, they lost their best player. I'm not ignoring that. You know what I mean? That they still have to prove it to me against somebody. Like – I don't know. Is St. John's going to be better than they were last year with, you know, like is all their addition, all their, is all the players that left that team that was close to making the tournament, is it addition by subtraction in most regards? We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, does Posh Alexander have a sophomore slump or a sophomore springboard? Right. Uh, how, how does Marquette come along under Shaka? Like, does, it, does his style fit? What they, what Wojo left him, what they put together there, you know? Um, <laughs> Providence, like, Providence didn't answer the David Duke loss. They didn't, they didn't bring in a player of that caliber, I don't think. I think Dunham's fine, but he's not David Duke, in yeah. my opinion. So, like, Agreed. are they better? I don't think so. That's, that's really true. Um, all lost Mamu. Yep. Add a bunch of transfers. Right. If one of those guys pops. Right. But Jared Roden's already – is he hurt or suspended or what? No, what he has like an ankle or something, I think. Okay, right? so that's – yeah, that's not a great start for them, even though they won. Yeah. Handily. Um, they're going to need him to be a stud. Like, yeah, shit, I don't know. I don't know if the league is like ready to be like – I don't know if they're ready – I don't know if the league is going to have four or five killers this year. And if they don't have four or five killers, I don't see Creighton going four and 14 with their talent level. You know? The, the, the 14-15 team – was the actual transition year from the Missouri Valley. Like, that first team 
had a bunch of seniors that had all played together for a long time and the best player in the country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that that wasn't the transition year. The transition year came the year following, you know, when all of a sudden the go-to players were all the guys that were reserves on the Doug, Ethan, Grant, Jahens teams. You know what I'm saying? Right. And Austin Chapman had to be the leading scorer as opposed to the main primary facilitator. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't, think, I don't, I don't like that comparison. Even though it wasn't a direct comparison, it was just like a win total thing. But I don't know. I don't think they're winning. I don't think they're going to go fourteen and nineteen in the same way that team went fourteen and nineteen if they do. So, yeah, I, it does seem like a year in the Big East though that it, it doesn't. In my mind, I guess it could be. I don't think there's going to be a clear cut bottom team. I mean, maybe it's DePaul, but like, that's kind of a bold prediction. I think it's going to be. It might be. You remember that one year? What was that? Twenty seven. 18. What was the year when they had the bottom teams finish 7 and 11? Ooh. Like DePaul, Providence, and Butler maybe all finished in a tie for 7 at 7 and 11. Like, was, that, was, that 16, that. was that 16? It might have been 18, actually, the was year it? that Creighton finished it. I think one of those teams was a Chris Mullen coach St. John's team, wasn't it? That made the tournament with like a losing record in league play. It was 18 19. Yeah. You're right. Good call. So it could resemble that. I, I, again, I'm I'm not. The Paul's the one team that I'm just not sure. Like I, I have, I have pretty good confidence that Marquette and Georgetown are going to be decent. Oh, and I think Creighton's going to be decent. Okay. Um, now, if one of those teams moves up a little bit, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And if like a Providence moves down a little bit, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I guess the Paul's the kind of the question mark for me because I just don't know who they bring, who they have coming in. I don't know anything about. Their roster, so but I've, I've got some confidence in the rest of the league to be, you know, it's going to be competitive. Yes. But that, but that doesn't. Oh, mean, I agree. I agree with that. But part. that doesn't mean that it's going to be. Uh, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking like, it's not going to be uh, out of the young teams like Marquette, Georgetown, Creighton, a team that just gets walloped mm-hmm. and fades to the background because yeah. they're all they're they're too talented to do that. Right. I agree. I don't know if that's good or bad news for Creighton, honestly, but um, it's going to be a tough year. Will Creighton lose a bye game this year? What are their bye games? They have North Dakota State left. They still have North Dakota State. They got SIUE. Yeah, they're not losing that one. That's it. I'm going to say they have four bye games this year. They're they're, they're two for two so far. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I'll say no. I haven't seen North Dakota State yet. Me either. That's the uh, one I'm worried about. It's good that they didn't open the year with North Dakota State this season. <laughs> just say that. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with no, just because they don't. North Dakota State brought everybody back, just so you know. So yeah. They, uh, they haven't lost by games yet, so I don't think they're – I just I, – I can't, like – I couldn't even tell you the last time it happened. I want to say it was 2016, Loyola Chicago. Was that a bye game was on the road? That yeah, was on the road. Oh, boy. I don't think they they don't lose by games. Oh wait, Saint Mary's. Saint Mary's? Well, I, I don't, don't think, know. No, that was game. a return bracket buster. Yeah, that wasn't a by game. That South Dakota game went to like double overtime though. Like that was a, Boise that State. Was, a was that a by game or is that a return? Um, that was a. What the hell was Boise State? They played them the year before. I think that might have been a bracket buster deal too. 
Yeah, I think they lost to Boise State and St. Mary's in return bracket buster games because that's what made Creighton fans hate the bracket buster because <laughs> the return game always came in a year when the team wasn't good and beat Creighton anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at their previous schedules and it's hard to find it. They don't lose by games. Uh, by, they just don't. Um, by game that they've lost. Usually the reason why they don't lose by games, at least under McDermott, that I've seen, mm-hmm. because there's been some games that have been kind of close. Yeah. Um, but it's because Creighton just wins sort of that. They just wear them down. Yeah. They, their pace just. Yeah, they play a style that's like hard for. It's, yeah. it's hard, hard for upset. like lesser talented teams to. And they have a crazy home court advantage. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, Kent State was a return by game. Or a return bracket buster game. Yeah, it just doesn't. Wyoming at home in 2014. Oh, what was that game? Let me try to think. That might have been the last. Uh, I'm sorry, not 2014. No. 2004. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. No, because they, no, they played him on the road the year before that, I think. I bet you'll find him on road game. Yeah. Yep, yeah, so that wasn't a. No, that was a series. So I remember they played him on the road. Yeah, Western, Western Kentucky was a return game. That's a way, anyway. They actually played them both. They played them ah. twice in the same non-con. Maybe, maybe uh, Daniel's first year. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. I can't remember. I was a kid when that happened. So, yeah, I don't. I can't remember them losing a bye game in my lifetime. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they will this year. Um, I'm not ready to predict them, predict them to lose in North Dakota State, but yeah. that would be the game that if it were to happen, it would happen then. I'd like to see North Dakota State play first. Okay. Um, yeah, a couple more questions. Let's get through these real quick because I wanted it to be a shorter podcast and I failed miserably. But we appreciate the feedback. I love the, love the questions. We're getting a lot of questions this year. That's good. Um, There's a lot of interest for this team, man. That's the one yeah. thing. And I, Have you I, noticed that in your in your uh, interactions? So yeah, far and year? I think I think yeah. people are really intrigued. I mean, obviously, Sweet Sixteen energizes the fan base a little bit and mm-hmm. gets people excited. You bring in a good recruiting class, but I think people are. I, I don't know. I get the sense that a lot of people are bought into the idea that they want to grow Should we shout out the student team. section while you're on this topic? Like, they showed up the last two games. They really did. You know? that's like a That was legit. They had that thing filled. And the energy was great. It's like Props to the students. It's probably the best I non-conference think. performance by the student section, not counting, like, Gonzaga. Yeah. Or, uh, I don't think it would be hyperbolic or, or a Nebraska game that I've seen since I've been on the beat. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. So, yeah, shout out the students while we were talking about the interest of the team or interest the fans have in this team. Um, okay, so Patrick Davis, uh, Nick Boss said it best on the air. Creighton seems rushed and we're forcing a lot. Um, when they settled down and got into a rhythm, good things happened. The shots will start to fall. But thoughts on how how to get the guys to play more together and as a team. Just so, just so you feel like there's uh, – I guess, first of all, do you agree with the premise that things get disjointed when the shots stop falling? Because that's kind of what – play as a team would infer right there, right? Yeah. I, I don't really know if I have the... I, 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 we talked a little bit earlier about the pace of... Yeah. That's like the only... But that's, a, that's not necessarily a not on the same page issue. Yeah, that's yeah. not. I don't know, man. I, I guess I would <coughs> like to watch it again because I I didn't come away with it thinking like, oh my gosh, they just look so out of sorts offensively because, mm-hmm. I mean, if they go... If they hit some of those open threes, you're not going to be... No one's going to be talking about it. Yeah. So it's hard to I, – I guess I need to go back and watch it mm-hmm. to know Jay, whether or not they 
They only had, what did you say, they only had eight assists, but that's because they didn't hit jump shots. Right, they didn't hit shots. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why that's only, that's why that number's low. They only hit 20, they only had 20 field goals. Yeah, so. their assist rate's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the totality of the number that's not good. Um, Jacob Badella wants to know, uh, why didn't they look for a, uh, more Hawkins post-touches throughout the game? That's actually a good with question. With as much as they were struggling in offense for the perimeter. I mean, yeah, that is a really good question. Because it worked at the end. Because he, well, but not only that, but if you watch his film from... Northwest Missouri State, he is really, um, really good down there. Yeah. Not only from, like, scoring himself, but making plays out of the post. And he's very patient. He can read defenses from that position, too, with his back to the basket. Um, and the way he broke down that, that play tonight, it just shows you that he's got that spot figured out pretty well, no matter what a defense is throwing at him in that situation. So, yeah, that's something that... Creighton probably has to introduce more often because it's it's my guess it, is, it results in some high percentage stuff yeah. whether it's from Hawkins himself or him finding somebody. My guess is that they just didn't want the ball to stick. Is my assumption, but yeah. But at some point when you're when you're playing like you are offensively at that point, you have to go. You know, they should, and you yeah. know you have a guy who can score like that or produce like that. I guess is the better word to say. Um, in the post, you should go to that. Yeah. So yeah. Because they tried to establish Kalkbrenner in the post a couple did they, times. Did they post him up or did yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, they did. I know he sealed his defender because they because they they and even in the first half they did it with a with a post entry in and a clear out. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that one. He didn't he didn't get deep enough. I don't think. No. Uh, let's see. I think these are our last series of questions. Um, there's a million questions about this team, but they're so young and new. I don't know if I can, if any can be answered. Is three point shooting going to be a problem? Yes or no? I think. Well, it depends on problem. Are they going to shoot forty two percent of their shots from three? If that's the case, then yeah, it's going to be a problem. Um, so what number is a, what number would you consider a problem for a team that shoots a high volume of threes? In terms of percentage. Well, lower than thirty five percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be a problem then too. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they can get to 35% as a team. That's pretty low, though, 35%. Yeah, but they're going to shoot a lot of them, so I think they'll be around like 33, 34 as a group. That's true. That's, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I'm, trying to, I want, I want to, I'm curious, last year in the Big East, who shot worse than 35%? UConn, 30, yeah, UConn was 34.4. That's, that's, mm-hmm. Villanova was only 35.4. UConn shot a lot of threes, though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You, Villanova, Villanova last year was 35.4. 35 is not a hard number to that's, get to when you shoot a ton of them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I wouldn't, yeah, I think they're going to be a sub 35% three point shooting team. Yeah, they were actually, let's see how many teams were above 35% in, in league play last year. One, two, three, four, four teams. Yeah, they'll be, yeah. Below, they'll be I, I feel confident saying they'll be a, a sub 35% shooting, three point shooting team this year. They're just made up different, you know? Um, to that effect. And that seems like it's going to be a problem because you'll have nights like tonight when you yeah. shoot a lot of threes yeah. and they don't go in and yes. you find ways to win and you may not be able to. Oh, yeah, because that's the other part of the question. Is sub-35% a problem for a team that shoots this many? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to that effect, Hawkins has to heat up, right? Yeah, I think he's he's the one that I will be confident he's, can he's, get to the 40%. Point. Yeah, he's the one I'm confident will he water will find its level with him. Yeah. The other guys, I'm not sure. I mean, I think... They could have stretches where they get hot, but mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. It, 
Like we've talked about this a lot, but I mean, it's kind of it's proven over the course of the last several years that Creighton's had some elite shooters, some good shooters, shoot it poorly their first year. And yes, it just yeah. takes time to some of their best. Yeah, I mean, even Doug. Um, he can't. He didn't hit. He, no way he shot it that poorly though, right? His freshman year, like, could have been that bad. Marcus Zagorowski is like the outlier. That dude like led the Big East in three point shooting in yeah, league he, play as a freshman. He came in ready to <laughs> with a broken finger, still shot it like lights out his freshman year. He's really consistent his whole career. But all those guys struggled. I feel like Kyrie shot it decently well his freshman year too, and not from the free throw line. But oh, Doug ended up at forty percent. Wow, good for him. He started slow. Right. Yeah. Started slow. Had a couple tough nights, but I wondered how much of that came late. Let's look at. But obviously, the one the ones that have come fresh in my mind are Tyshawn and Mitch Ballock, obviously because we just saw their careers unfold, and both of those guys had stretches in Biggie's play their freshman year where. The shots weren't falling. Yeah, it looks like late January, Doug took took off. Three for five, four for nine. They had a bunch of, like, multi-three games after that. So, yeah, but he struggled, too, once upon a time. Um, Let's see. Which defense can we expect out of these Jays? The over-pursuing poor rotation one from Tuesday or this stingy one from tonight? Well, I think tonight, honestly. I mean, um, Tuesday, I mean, I guess with anything with this team, it might be depending on the night. Yeah. But it did seem sure. like one of the reasons why they were able to get out and have that dunk fest that they did because of, the, yeah. because of their defense. Because of their defense, for their sure. Their defense, stepped, they stepped up uh-huh. on that end of the floor. And and honestly, the the thing that – Arkansas Pine Bluff did to get their offense going was just exploit one particular matchup that Creighton had no. Yeah. I mean, Creighton had the answer for it. They just didn't choose the right answer until the second half when they, you know, when they adjusted to it finally. But that's really all it was. I like the I like the perimeter defense from the wings, like holistically, not just tonight, like on the year. Like, I think Alex O'Connell has done really good in the three games we've seen, including Upper Iowa. And same with Trey Alexander for the most part. And then I know Nemhard and Reef are those types of guys too. So, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm buying the perimeter defense this year. I have no, I've seen no reason to, to not or to, to, to dissent from that either. <clears throat> What's our last one? What can we expect out of Roddy and John? Um, how big of an energy boost can Reef provide this team? Can AOC provide consistent scoring as the competition level increases? Um, so first question, what do we expect out of Roddy and John? Well, if Reef, if Reef is healthy, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't even know if I can try to project because there's part of me who wouldn't be surprised if they lose, if they just kind of fall out of the rotation as, as you know, these games turn into grinders and every possession 
becomes important. Well, the one thing I, about I just don't, the, I was going to say the one thing about Roddy though is because he's coming off injury. Yes, I do wonder if if this first month of the season where he's going to get more run because Reeves hurt, if he's able to sort of find himself and like regain his confidence and okay. find the flow again because he's probably still working through that. I would, I would imagine. I would, yeah, I would imagine. Too. And so maybe he has a lot of sort of instant growth potential. Okay, like. It could click at like, any like moment. His second half looks better than his first. It's very possible that okay. it could. Okay. Um, what about John, though? I mean, less likely freshman. Yeah. So yeah. he's going to hit the wall at some point, right? Yeah, multiple times probably, and that goes for all the freshmen, honestly. But yeah, um, it becomes easier when John Christopoulos hits the wall. It's like, well, maybe we'll sit him down for a couple games because we got relief, you for know. Sure. So yeah, I think, but it's very. What do I expect out of John? Some games where he'll hit like two or three and you think he'll need more playing time and then a lot of games where you don't remember he's on the roster until you double check yeah um roddy i expect games where he'll come in make like three just crowd pleasing energy shifting momentum shifting plays um and a lot of games where those type of things lead to mistakes that cost great like i just think he'll be a hot and cold type of player um, because he 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 plays at one speed that he's comfortable with, and it's not usually it's, and it's 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 easy to be chaotic when you're playing that fast. So I don't know. Out of the, out of both of them, I expect some inconsistencies. Well, tonight they were eighth and ninth in the rotation. Okay. So is Creighton gonna go? I mean, if if I had to make a prediction right now, I think that in January Creighton's at an eight man rotation. I would agree, and Reef even even regardless of the the early sentiment that they would be deeper. They I'm are just, they are deeper. It's just no that's that's just that they the, would, that they would play that yeah. extended bench. You know what I'm saying? That's like the way the Mac rolls, man. He, he's more. Every, com- it's you you roll with who you think is going to win you ball games. Yeah, and, and, at some point in the season, you get you get a grasp on who does who makes the most winning plays, and you roll that out every night. Yeah, and I mean. It's been pretty. It's been proven in in basketball, college basketball, that you're, you're. It's not at your detriment to play seven or eight guys. Right. Like you actually might be harming yourself more Kentucky, by taking your best players. Kentucky up. had a year where they like literally tried to do like a legit two deep hockey line change season with just a, a plethora of NBA future NBA all stars, and they didn't even win the. I mean, they they almost went undefeated, but they didn't win the national. They didn't even make it to the national championship game. And like, and we, look, I look back on that year, going, man, Cal, if you had just like figured out a rotation, yeah, yeah, you would have rolled everyone in sight. So yeah, I agree with you. That's, it's that's like my it, thought. It's, it, I, I think I've always been of the mind that it'd be ten deep is a pipe dream. I know. I like. I like that pipe dream. Yeah, it's, it sounds fun. It does. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem practical with the way that no. Creighton has always like under. There's McDermott. forty minutes to play a basketball game. You have forty minutes. You know what I mean? If it was, if it was like an NBA, if if they extend the, you know, they they extend to forty eight minutes of the NBA game, yeah, then you can go ten deep because you need, you know, longer stretches where your guys are out there and where they need to let rest longer to be ready for the fourth quarter and stuff like that. But forty minutes, no, you don't need to go ten deep to be at your best in crunch time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How big of a boost, energy boost, can Reef provide this team? A huge one. Like even on, he's been. So far, he's played on two teams that were, like, 
just littered with vets. And he provided a boost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to provide this team a humongous boost. Huge. Like, his all, energy plays is what he are his bread and butter. All he does is provide energy. He's, he's been a master of changing the momentum of games in yes. his career. It's crazy. Even on teams that had yeah. plenty of guys that you think could have done that, he was still one that it was able to come in in a moment's notice and set a tone, yeah. a different tone that we had been seeing in the, in the game at that point. So, yeah, a humongous boost. Um, can Alex O'Connell provide consistent scoring as the competition level increases? So far, so good, right? Is that the best way to say it? Like, yeah. um, he had 19 in the close scrimmage against Missouri on, what, 7 of 13 shooting? 4 of 9 from 3. So there's, you know, that Missouri's a rebuilding team this year, but that's a power conference, you know, quality of competition. He played well in that, scored well in that. Scored well against Upper Iowa. What do you have, like 14, 12, 13, somewhere around there? Five, right. five of seven shooting. Yeah. Tonight he was uh, eight for 15. That's that's fine for a jump shooter. Six for 13 tonight. Six for 13, sorry. Yeah. You're right, yeah. Um, he forced a couple tonight, like inside, I feel like, maybe like one, yeah. a drive or something. But I'm cool, I, I'm cool with him doing that. He's I mean, the, he's if you're, the man. Yeah. He's the guy. If you look at his shot selection, it's like majority of them were – you give them the thumbs up. It's a good. It's a good question because, like, if the, if Creighton's going to be good, and you know, if they're not, if they're going to win like eighteen games, like you think they're going to win, Alex will probably have to be consistent. Yep, a consistent score. So, I assume then because you think they're going to win eighteen games, that he will be a consistent score. And the answer to that question is yes for you. I did. Yeah, me sort too. of tab him as the uh, me too. the guy who's going to lead him in scoring this year. So you did. Probably wasn't a popular pick going into the season. Isn't that weird? Everybody's kind of like wanting to pick up freshmen, I noticed. Mm. And I'm like, well, what about like Ryan Hawkins and Alex O'Connell and stuff like that? Yeah. Like Kalkbrenner's a popular pick. Nemhard's a popular pick. Kaluma's a popular pick. Yeah. But I've seen like, I've even seen more like Trey Alexander's than I've seen Alex O'Connell's. And I'm very, I was very surprised by that coming in. Interesting. So, yeah. I mean, so far, so good in that regard. That'll do it. That's a, that's a wrap. Thanks for the questions, everybody. I did. Yeah, they, we got a little solid 90, 90 minutes out of that. But I suppose the Nebraska game is next Tuesday, so they can they have some time to listen to this over and over again. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You can go like, you know, twenty minutes a day. Yeah. And, exactly. and just kind of segment it if you if you. Well, now you're at the end. So if you listen to this all in one shot, then thank you. So yeah. tips are capped to you, but. Mm-hmm. And if you if you asked a question tonight, thank you as well. Hopefully yes. we answered it to your satisfaction. If not, um, we'll try again. We'll, we'll try to do better. Yeah. It's only game two. We got That's right. a lot of time to improve. Yeah, we're, we're we're getting back at this too, for sure. I always appreciate you though. Thank you for hopping on. Of course. Because um, ninety minutes with the with a young at home is a big commitment. Got the pups at home too. So I appreciate you. Yeah, they're the, the, everybody's asleep at home, so it's all good. I know, but I get like I would get anxiety. If if uh, I was away, so oh, he would. He would. I uh, think I would. I don't know. Not trying to make you get anxiety. <laughs> Do I have something to be nervous about? Oh, no, God. I don't know. Uh, I just gotta go. Not, yeah. No, no. I appreciate you. Okay, so uh, what should what we got looking up? Um. Yeah, I'm getting a little loopy now. Well, Omaha.com. Omaha.com slash. 
Newsletters. Newsletters. That's where you get that. That's where you can you find all John's stuff. stuff. What's, can you, want, you want to tease anything? Do you have anything Well, we'll do some Creighton Nebraska preview going into next week, so that'll be fun. And mm-hmm. then I, I'll briefly turn my attention to other sports. I mean, yeah. men's soccer selection show on Monday. Selection Monday coming up. Uh, volleyball has a couple matches on the road. Women's basketball makes its home debut against uh, Jay's, Jay's UNO on UNO. Yeah, yeah, so they'll step away from the men's basketball beat for just a couple of days, which it'll be interesting just to hear from those teams and see, yeah. see what the women's teams got. You were you got to go see them play against Drake. That was fun to watch. That was a really good game. Amazing first game. I think both those teams are really good. Um, yeah, if Creighton yeah, just so wouldn't have started so slowly at the, at, in that game. It wasn't even that they started slowly. It was that they just could not. They couldn't stop. They could not stop Drake yeah, from stop. scoring inside. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, Although, they, they know, scored. They scored plenty. That was yeah, the problem. It, it was interesting. Some of those finishes Drake had, like, like on the move. Yeah, pretty athletic finishes. That's a that's a that's just a well oiled machine. They pass. <laughs> yeah, cut screen so well. It's it's always fun watching Creighton versus Drake in women's hoops. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot to look forward to there. Do you want? Is there anything in the newsletter you have a theme, or are you gonna go home and watch this one tonight and then think of something? That's true. I do need to figure something out. I was I just not, trying yeah. to give people something to tease or something. Right. Either way, you gotta subscribe to the newsletter because like every time you come up with something in that thing, it's just like, oh, that's a really good idea. I wonder what he wrote. Let's find out. And right. it's really good. Well, that'll pop. You gotta check that, that newsletter out. will pop the day of Creighton, Nebraska. That's so, when. It, that's the next one it goes. Yeah. So okay. I'm. I'm guessing they'll have it. Nebraska. Does it, is it every sure. Tuesday like that? Is yeah, that how it every goes? Tuesday every Tuesday, out. something new. In, in okay. Email something new, something different. What's in the last one? Remind people. Well, last year, last week was the Big East Power Rankings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So check those out. Power Rankings. People get emotional about Power Rankings, right? That's right. Send the Power Rankings, John's Power Rankings, to your Big East friends, and see if they see what they think. Yeah. That, that, Where, what's cool. the one that you feel like is going to piss off people? St. John's. As a former rankings guy. St. John's. Former AP voter. Yeah, St. John's below what, Creighton. Would you have, where'd you have St. John's? Seven. Yeah. With Posh and Champagne back. Yeah. That, that'll make people That's upset. a big like, spit in the face to the Red Storm hype this year. That's right. There's, there's probably the Nets tournament team. The, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like the pulse of um, St. John's nation, is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Red Storm nation? Army. Red Storm, Red Storm Army? Army? I don't know. Okay. Is NCAA a bust year? Yes. I know. So you picked them seventh. I take it that means you don't think they're making the tournament. <laughs> That's correct. Am I, am I connecting that dot yeah. accurately? Look, they are, the, they, they are the team that I will, like, I'm really intrigued to watch them. Yeah. Now, because, but we, we talked about already, all those newcomers, like, Mm-hmm. You know, last year it was kind of a similar thing. Mm-hmm. It's like newcomer, newcomer, yep. newcomer. These guys are going to be good, and you know they did. At, they did kind of click at mm-hmm. in the middle of the year because they won a bunch of games in a row and worked themselves up to like fourth place in the in, in the league and were flirting with an NCAA tournament bid. Yep, right. That's the key. So, so they got their two, like got got the two be best it. players back from a team that flirted with the tournament, and you're yeah. saying nope. You need more than two guys. Okay. Yeah, send your uh, send the newsletter. Send John's, right, I'll tell you send, what. Send John's newsletter of last week's newsletter to your St. John's friends. After week one. Because I want to read John's hate mail. I was going to say, after week one. For the one, next podcast. We'll, St. John's, how, how, many, how many they went by? Like 60? Yeah, they went by quite a bit. 
and uh, and the team that's I picked. And you do have a history of motivating Big East champions. Who else did I motivate? Creighton in twenty twenty. What did I say about them? You picked them to lose to Marquette in the first game, (laughs) (laughs) and Mac literally called your ass out in a practice when they were. Remember the day the day before they played Marquette, they were practicing like shit, and he he. He said, "This is why John picks you to lose. Picked you to lose tomorrow night." So he yeah. told the whole team that. That's right. Yeah, and then they went. And they won by like seven. They rolled Marquette. Tyshawn Alexander Tyshawn. went nuts. Yeah, six deals, twenty points. Um, right. and they won the league that year. I was wrong a lot that season. Were you really? Yeah, <laughs> really. I was. I mean, because that team, they were like a borderline NCAA tournament team in mid-January, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden they were like a two seed. <laughs> Juicy. You know what I'm saying? And that flip. All of a sudden, it was like Dayton, Kansas, Baylor, Creighton. Yeah, yeah, it was that yeah. that switch flipped quickly. Yeah, they were like better than Duke at the end of the year, like easily. It, it was like they lost that close game to Villanova at home. Yep. And when got two out. weeks later or three weeks later, they played Villanova again, one on the road. Their ass. And that was like, oh, they're a different team now. Yeah. I think I might have picked them to lose to DePaul on the road that year. When did they play DePaul on the road? Was that wasn't that, that was that's that when year. you had Simon? Yeah, it was actually day. the day that my son was born. Was yeah, that they played. Some Mitch hit the, the Mitch hit a three from Trump Tower. Yeah, he, didn't he hit that one like falling away in the shot clock? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. From, yeah. It was, he was standing on Trump Tower because they have the skyline. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was standing on Trump Tower and he hit that three off the off the glass. Yeah, shot clock. Yeah. The shot clock from like forty feet away. Yeah, no, I, I missed a lot that year in terms of. Well, I'll, I'll give you a pass on DePaul because your wife was in labor, so that's fine. It's <laughs> fine on that one. But I don't know why you would normally do that. <laughs> right. The hell's wrong with you? Um, yeah. So you have, like I said, you have a history. That's how I got into this. You have a I history see. of motivating Big East, eventual Big East champions. So is your is your little pff, to St. John's mm-hmm. uh, Kickstarter for them? Because they just, like I said, they scored like 120 points the other night. Right. Maybe they've already read your newsletter. Maybe it's in the locker room. Uh-oh. Like plastered in the locker room. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll ask Mike Anderson when he comes home. I think I had Georgetown 10th last year going into the season, right? That's Isn't that where they finished? They finished 8th or 9th. And they won the, they won the league tournament. You don't count that? No. One weekend? I think conference tournaments are garbage. And they kind of are a little so, bit. Yeah, you know? no. I think you were you, you pat yourself on the back for that one. They played better than a 10th place team or whatever it was in the second well, half. Well, it's funny that you do that because I thought you were a Patrick Ewing guy like me. So it was it's funny that we can't. We like Patrick Ewing, but we can't bring ourselves to like Georgetown, which is like counterintuitive to our argument that Ewing's a good coach. He is a good coach. I think so like, too, but it's like I don't like your teams because they're always. But I always feel like they're missing like two pieces. Exactly. Yeah, but that's his fault now. He's <laughs> he's too many years into this now for it not to be yeah. his own of his own doing in some regard. So we have to we have to reevaluate our Patrick Ewing love a little bit if they have a bad team this year. I Again. will I will say though that the the COVID pause helped Georgetown. It felt like they they, they came, came back, out much they came back fresh. Yes, 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 for and sure. like it helped Baylor. Baylor came out fresh. It did not help Xavier. No. Xavier came back and was just like completely. We don't know how to play anymore. Like, we're not. Yeah, but we we did be crazy. We don't want to make the NCAA tournament anymore. We decided during the pause that most teams I felt like it helped. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. That's an, that's an anecdotal, but yeah, I'm glad we don't have COVID pauses across the. No, I, I think Mitch Ballack is in agreement with that. that oh, the, really? Yeah, because Gonzaga was another team that didn't go through a pause, and um, they looked kind of worn. It out. just looked evident when they 
when teams matched up against like one team no COVID pause versus another team with COVID pause okay. in the in the biggest moments of the season. It was yeah. like Creighton Villanova was one, right? When did they play the first time? Was that after when they played in at Creighton? Yeah, had Villanova gone on their pause yet before that? I think they were coming out of the, they were just coming out of their pause. I'm talking about like at the end of the year in March is okay. when it really shows up. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. But Villanova, um, I mean, Georgetown looked completely different. I think aside from UConn kicking the shit out of them, they were like, they could have beaten everybody else they played. Yes. Xavier, Creighton, Villanova, and they did beat. Then they did beat Creighton and Villanova in the conference tournament. That's right. And Seton Hall, right? Was it the yes, they beat? beat Seton Hall. Yeah, they rolled through everybody that was either trying to be or would be a NCAA tournament team in New York. Yeah. So yeah. They put Marquette out of their misery. Ended, Wojo, ended the Wojo era. You know, hit a horrific basketball game, right? Wasn't that like a – that was terrible, I remember. I don't even know what the score was. I just know it was hard to watch. I did not watch that one, thankfully. Okay. Um, speaking of bad basketball. Speaking of bad basketball? Yeah. What about it? Well, Tuesday. Oh, what yeah. What are you going to get? You got any oh, predictions yet? Do I have a prediction? Man, I don't know. I – Robbie asked me about this then on shoot around, and I was like, do you, "Okay, let me ask you this: Do you think it's going to resemble more tonight, or is it going to be like eighty to seventy-eight? No, I think it's going to be more like eighty to seventy-eight. Okay, I think both teams are going to. I think if it if it I think both teams are going to score and transition on each other. I think if it ended like tonight, Creighton has the advantage. But if it's up, oh, one hundred percent. The higher it goes, the and honestly, Nebraska was dog trash on the glass. I guess what's going. They gave up 23 offensive rebounds to the fifth-place team in the Summit League. Yeah. Where they're projected. And Western Illinois is projected to be like a distant fifth. Like they're not even like one of those. Maybe they've got some things going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing Western Illinois did that I'm not sure Creighton replicates is they shot some ridiculous threes. Yeah. So I, I, I have not seen that from Creighton. Like even the willingness to even try, let alone make them. So that's one area where I'm not sure. You know, and, and – uh, but Nebraska's been shit for, you know, two years running now. That's right. So it's not like, I don't know. We'll see how they do against Sam Houston State. Because Sam Houston State's another, like, you know, bulldog tough team that's going to challenge you physically. So if, uh, you know, if Nebraska fails that test, then maybe Creighton's got a good matchup. Yeah. Because I think Creighton is a really physical team. Do we agree with that? Keyshawn Fizel is physical. Arthur Kaluma, Ryan Demhard. I think Alex plays pretty tough. Ryan Hawkins is um, like smart, tough. But I think Creighton can dominate the uh, the backboards against opponents if if they start imposing. Yeah, I their think way. that was actually one of the more surprising things about tonight was that they they didn't really dominate the boards. Yeah, I mean the there were a lot of missed shots. I think a minute I mentioned that offensive rebounding was not a factor for Kennesaw State. They started grabbing a bunch of them. Yeah, I know. At the end of the, toward the end of the game, yeah. too, kind of worked themselves back. They were down by ten, and then they started mm-hmm. kind of out hustling. How do you, how do you feel about Lincoln next Tuesday? It's too early for them to play. First of all, neither of these teams are ready for that game. No, it's going to be unfortunate. I just don't think we're going to get the. Obviously, we're not going to get the best version of either team, but it's just. But I mean, even to, the, even, so even much, to that extent, I think they may be better versions of themselves a month later. Yeah, you know it, I mean? it's going to be. It's going to whether they're the best versions. It's going to be a game that has. A lot of hype and a lot of energy, and the players going to be amped, and then it's going to be like 
It's like kicking the ball out of bounds. Yeah. Will Creighton's players be amped? Especially if Reef doesn't play? Well, I think they will be because they're going to be on the road in front of them, like a sold-out crowd. Yeah, last time that happened when they had no understanding of the rivalry, they got their asses kicked. In 2018? Yes. Yeah. Does anybody on who's back from the but, Nebraska? But game Nebraska doesn't. Yeah, they who? don't. Nobody from Nebraska really. Oh, Trey McGowan's might. Yeah, but did he play in a game with fans? No, not really. Yeah, they might not have an understanding of what this rivalry is. <coughs> Neither team might. But they'll be in a gym and they'll be over under. Over under. How many Creighton players is Trey McGowan's trip this year? Last year it was two. Legitimate, legitimately too, like like dirty ass eject that mother effer place. I'm not lying. I can show anybody. It's if I don't care who I'm pissing off. I've got the highlight reel. He, he, it was some. He could have ruined Christian Bishop and Damian Jefferson's ankle or knee in both those plays. It's fucked up. I remember the one at midcourt. That was um, Christian. Yeah, that was Christian. What, would that, what happened with Damien? Um, was against, that underneath the basket? Against, uh, no, it wasn't underneath the basket. It was, I think Trey was backing him down. Now I can't remember. I have to look back at it. But either way, Trey stuck his, like, leg out underneath Damien's, like, step. And DJ, like, stepped on it, rolled his ankle, and, like, did a push-up when he, after he fell. Like, just to show that. You made shit type of deal, you know? I see. TJ was tough as hell, though. So, But that, that I mean, he's had ankle problems, though. That's what I'm saying. That's dirty. So I was wondering this, too. Did, did Tracing McGowan. Did you see? I, I felt like, is, I guess you have to, you, you're already convinced. But there was another. Uh, Highlight speak for itself. 2DA Bile from, or Belay. Belay. Belay from Georgetown. Like, he. He had some guys step on his foot a couple of times, and I didn't know if that was just poor positioning or if he was just, like, getting into guys' spaces. Because okay. that was DJ landing on his foot in that game too, right? Yeah. When we're done podcasting, I'll show you this mother effer, okay. and you'll be convinced. Because it's not, it's not, it was not a natural step that he took to make DJ step on him. That's what I'm saying. I see. Like, when you're in the post, your, your feet aren't supposed to get this far apart. That's what I'll... You'll see it when I show you. Okay. So yeah, like that's what I mean. We're over under on how many people, how many Creighton players he trips this year. He's gonna say it well. One and I think he's gonna say one and a half. Yeah, yeah I said that. If or it, like if it was two last game. Yeah. Then. So we'll let it one and a half. See if you see if he bashes it again. Yeah. I mean, I think they're gonna be. They're gonna feed off their crowd, and the crowd's gonna be out for like the the Lincoln crowd is always jazzed up for that. Yeah. Like, they hate losing to Creighton. Same way the Omaha crowd feels about losing Nebraska even when they've won 10 in a row like they hate it so it'll be a it'll be a hostile environment for sure it seems like that Nebraska team now I haven't watched them much but I think they're gonna feed off like I did, like you yeah, said they're 100%, gonna percent right I would I at this point I'd pick Nebraska to win because I just yeah, especially think, if like I think they're, they're gonna they're they're momentum based as a team yeah and so they're front runners yeah yeah and this Creighton team might be front runners too no the for way sure they play I mean we saw the other night yeah they, yeah um, but the the thing that maybe like lends itself to maybe being in Nebraska's favor is that Creighton's had turnover problems right. the first two right. outings, or even if you want to go back to 
upper Iowa three audience. I would imagine that Nebraska is going to do things similar to what Pine Bluff and Kennesaw State did, which really try to pressure the ball. That's the one thing I'm curious out. about. Like, Delano Banton was really good at that for Nebraska last year. Do they have the ability to create that type of disruption well, with they, their length? McGowan's can. Trey McGowan's can. I don't know if, if Bryce is at that level yet or not. I mean, I know he's long, but yeah. how good of a defender is he? I don't know. Right. I haven't seen him enough. So Yeah. We'll get a better idea after we watch Sam Houston State. Like we're kind of throwing things at the wall right now we based are. on Western yeah. Illinois, which was, I mean, Western Illinois hit some really good shot. Like that, that's not a terrible basketball team, but the, the idea that they gave up that Nebraska only had six assists the whole game is putrid, considering what they instill. Um, and then twenty-three offensive rebounds. That's really bad. Yeah. I mean, you're a Big Ten team, and you have 23 offensive rebounds to Western Illinois. That's, I mean, that doesn't bode well for your long-term future, regardless of next Tuesday or not. So we'll see how much they shore that up against Sam Houston State. Because I'm really curious to see if they just kind of, like, expected Western Illinois to roll over for them on day one and let them get off to a good start, and then they were surprised they found themselves into a, in a dogfight. Um, or if Sam Houston State comes in and does the same thing, is that, like, a legitimate weakness that's going to show itself most nights for the Oscars. Because if it is, Creighton can exploit it. Because they have good rebounders Mm -hmm. at different positions. So, we'll see. Um, Either way, uh, yeah, so for that, actually, I have a little wrinkle with that podcast. I'm not going to... There won't be a Blue JB postgame show for that game, the men's game in Lincoln. Um, Because the women play... Creighton men... And Nebraska men play Tuesday night, next Tuesday, November 16th. The night after that in Lincoln, the women play each other. What what we're going to do from a programming note is uh, myself and Jahans Managa, who hosts a podcast on Field of 68, former Blue Jay, Canadian Red Bull. Everybody should be checking out his podcast if you don't already subscribe to it. Um, we're going to team up the men's and women's games we're going to break down both of them for you on the Blue Jay beat after the women play the day after so it'll be slightly delayed but you'll still get it um, with bonus coverage of the women's game and how that turns out so if you don't see it after if you don't see the Blue Jay beat post game show after the Nebraska game next Tuesday don't worry it's coming it'll just be delayed so wait a couple days then we'll have it for you Um, but yeah that's what to expect so check out John's work, Omaha.com. Subscribe to the newsletter, buy a newspaper, follow all his stuff. He's going to have just coverage out the ears from the men's basketball team's first two games and the pre- and previewing the Huskers. Um, then men's soccer selection Monday. Uh, volleyball has two games, two matches away this weekend at Villanova and Georgetown as they kind of wrap up their um, regular season and – you know, they're pursuing two different things here. Big East regular season title and a national seed, a top 16 seed, so they can host in the NCAA tournament. So check out his coverage of that. Um, women's basketball hosts UNO on Saturday. Um, you'll be there for that? I'll be there. Okay, so John will yeah. be there for that. Sorry, I didn't want to, like, sign Put me on the spot. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. John will be there for that. Check out his coverage of that. Um and then whiteandbluereview.com for this podcast, our post-game coverage of this game. Um, I'm working on a story about on Mallory Brake. She was really good in game one for the Jays. Kind of an early season surprise so far. 
um, with her play at both ends of the floor. So I'll have that hopefully before the UNO game tips off. Um, and then, yeah, we'll lead you into the weekend and the week that was. And Megan Ballinger and I will have a volleyball wrap-up and everything. So that's what you have to look forward to from the Omaha World Herald, Omaha World Jays, Omaha World – what are you, Omaha Jays? What are we – this is Omaha World Herald Jays? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. And White and Blue Review. That's what you – that's what you all have to look forward to. So check I it see, out. I see what you're Make saying. sure you support the coverage. I need to see these videos to of, determine whether or not of you Trace, owe, Of Tracy McGowan? Th- th- yeah. yeah. Wh- whether you owe Trace uh, an apology or if your complaints are legit. Okay. I so I'm going to go show John the videos of Trace and McGowan. Um, Out. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Sorry for the podcast running long. i got to say I wanted to make this one shorter. And it's like 20 minutes longer. What's wrong with me? Anyway, you've got a lot of days to listen. Break it up, like John said. Break it up because you got a few days. We to can't listen. give him advice at the end of the podcast. It's That's too late. Right? I, yeah, I screwed that up, didn't I? Um, if you made it through the full, you listen. <laughs> there's your applause, and if you broke it up, and you're hearing this now, good job for be, having some forethought, right? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good night. For John, I'm Matt. Thank you for tuning in.